Hello and good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Still I Rise. I'm your host and friend, Cherry Golightly. As a quick disclaimer, I'm not a licensed therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist, so please do not substitute this podcast for any mental health therapy you feel you may need. In my podcast, I'm here to share my journey as a newly single mommy of two adorable little boys. I recently left a very toxic marriage of 11 years. I was very codependent, dealing with somebody who was having an addiction to methamphetamines and was very narcissistic. I made the decision to leave because I knew that not only was staying in the marriage very unhealthy for myself, but worst of all, my children. So as I share my journey, I do hope that I will be able to empower or help those who find themselves in a similar situation to find strength within themselves, to reclaim their lives, and start all over. Thanks for listening. Hello, good morning, happy Wednesday. It is December 12th. We're halfway through the month and it's just amazing how quickly time just flies. You know, I I, I truly am amazed of how, you know, time just passes us by and, you know, it seems like it was so long ago, but yet, you know, you remember things as if it was just yesterday. Uh, you know, I started this podcast probably, I think, uh, in August. I started this podcast in August and, uh, you know, I, I look and I'm just like, wow, I'm already on my um, 32nd or 33rd episode and it's been, it's been wonderful. I am glad that I was able to share my journey with, with you all and, you know, it's been positive. Even though I've had some difficulties, it's been very positive. You know, I saw this um, TED Talk yesterday on Facebook. And I wanted to share a quote with you all before I continue on with this episode. I have a little journal. Well, it's actually a pretty big one. And I wrote a lot of my thoughts and uh, thoughts and emotions in this journal, but there wasn't really a lot on there that I, you know, I wrote down. But I have on here this quote is by Susan David in one of her TED Talks. It says, "Tough emotions are part of our contract with life." So I wanted to kind of share with you guys my my views on that quote and I absolutely agree with it we've some you know sometimes we tend to have that pa, uh, that false you know positive expectation where you know we, we just look at things and we think that okay I'm good but we, we never really acknowledge those um, tough emotions and you know 
it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to have tough emotions. It's okay to have, you know, the negative parts of it. Um, it's okay to, to get upset. It's okay to cry. Uh, the last, the last few days I've had, um, you know, I've had some contact, if you will. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned in my previous episodes, there's always going to be a calm before another storm. They might be many storms, really depending on how you look at it. Uh, for example, it may not be as bad as, you know, it could be two things. It may not be as bad as, you know, you anticipated it to be or you're just getting stronger. It never gets any easier. I was actually watching a few videos on, uh, you know, narcissists. I think that I don't, I, I, I really feel that I don't really touch base on that topic enough, you know. Um, but I, I, I will start doing that because... Yeah, as I've said before, you know, I am sharing this journey with you guys. I'm learning as I go myself. And, you know, I want to be able to, you know, share the, the raw footage. Everything is pretty honest. And, uh, you know, my emotions are all there. I'm wearing my emotions on my sleeve as I go. And I know that for some, you know, for some who are listening, you're probably currently going through the same thing. And, you know, I think that that actually might help. I, I do remember being in the situation and watching YouTube videos and uh, listening to a few podcasts, of course, you know, without his knowledge when he wasn't there, like most of the time. And, uh, you know, it obviously gave me that uh, validation that, you know, I was being abused and that I was in a narcissistic, you know, I was in a relationship with a narcissist. And it's, uh, it's pretty draining. Even talking about things that happen can be very draining and it's not good for, for us. But uh, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is, you know, um, some of the things that I've learned last night. Um, so, what happened is what caused me to start like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, watching kind of, uh, what, <laughs> what caused me to start like watching the YouTube videos once again last night was I received a text message. Now you guys who are familiar with how narcissists work, you're pretty, you're, you're, you're going to know where this is going to, you know, You'll have an idea of where this is going to lead and the patterns. So it's been quiet for about close to a month. And as I mentioned in my last episode, my um, he had called for the children, which which was good. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, He's not trying to bother me or antagonize me. So yesterday as I was getting ready to go to one of my um, events... I received a text message uh, informing me that he was moving. But the text message specifically said they were moving. We are moving. I'm like, okay, who's we? 
honestly, I should not, the mistake that I had made there is I should not have even acknowledged that text message. So, uh, you know, I was like, is it you and your girlfriend? But I was not being, the question I asked was, was typically a genuine question. It wasn't, there was no sarcasm behind it or hidden messages. I, you know, it's a genuine question. Uh, meaning it's like, are you, are you moving to another state where your girlfriend is planning on moving or, you know, uh, what, so then, uh, I get another message saying what girlfriend sheesh, um, it's me and my sibling and my mom. So I just, uh, said, oh, I was aware that your sibling was moving. And then it proceeded on from there. Uh, now you guys could see where you guys were, you know, those who are familiar with the narcissistic abuse, you could see where this pattern is going to go. Then I get, why do you hate me so much? Why are you doing X, Y, Z? You know, so all of these, um, these, Statements are basically indicating that, you know, he is playing victim again. And this is his bait. This is his way of trying to see where his control is, if there's still control or if I'm still going to play these games. So, of course, after kind of prepping for this, like I said, there there's that calm before the storm. It's like, you know, I'm trying... As you would work out before you do some kind of like, you know, like some kind of a marathon race, this, this, this right here, this moment is considered like a, for me, it's a big marathon race or it's like you're training for the Olympics here because this is your mental Olympics. So when it's calm, you know, I, I'm preparing myself. Okay. If this happens, I have to recognize these signs and certain behaviors so I know to, you know, um, to not partake into the conversations, to not play into these games. I know to distance myself or I know what not to say or to allow or to not allow my feelings and, um, to, to get out of control and to react to him because that's exactly what he's wanting from that. So I'm looking at this and, you know, it's uh, all emotional and basically their comments trying to reinsert himself back. But of course, there's also blame in, in these comments like, well, I wouldn't have done this had you not done this. So apparently... Putting my faults in there is justifying for his poor actions or his poor decision making. And I was already getting uncomfortable and I pretty much reacted. And another mistake I made was I reacted and I just said, look, you weren't happy. I wasn't happy. End of story. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I was like going back and forth with myself. Should I text this? Should I text that? Should I just leave it alone? 
And so finally, I actually had to drive to my event. So I didn't text them. And then I got a few text messages after that. And it was, it was things saying, basically saying things like, um, you know, your mom even said that, you know, we are going to regret this because we're putting the children in the middle. So there's another pattern right there. Another bait right there is, uh, let's go ahead and utilize the children. And, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, we're not supposed to be in a perfect marriage. Were we supposed to be happy the whole time? No, you know, basically, of course, saying that, you know, why would, why, you know, indicating why was it that I was so quick to give up? And so-and-so said that you said this, okay, you know, after doing some time alone and some thinking, you know, one thing that I've really realized, and I am not trying to toot my own horn, but I am genuinely proud of myself because I've learned so much. And I, you know, I believe that I've matured um, as far as, uh, you know, arguments and, you know, just looking at things in a whole different perspective. He said, she said, um, conversations are not exactly um, the best or they are not productive. They're not, they are not productive conversations. It will not get anywhere. What it's going to lead to is a tug of war game, the blame game, and there, there's no moving forward from that. So as I got to my event, I did reply and I pretty much left it without any emotions. And I had said, look, with all due respect, any statements that have any blame or anybody else's opinion. I really don't care about. I've made my my decision and that's that. You know, and I had told him if you truly want to see your kids as the court order state, please provide a clean drug test. That right there is something that a narcissist gets thrown off by. They don't know how to react to that, you know, because, and they're, they're probably upset because they see that they, they can no longer control you, that you're not biting onto the bait. And so that right there also was a test to see, not just a test, but I, I, I mean it. It's like, I absolutely do not want you around the children unless I know that you are completely clean and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, any normal person would see that the stipulations or the, the demands that I've laid out are reasonable. I'm not preventing him from seeing his children. I'm setting boundaries. Because... That is, 
the main reason why he is not able to see his children because of those choices that he's, those decisions that he's made in the past that he's still partaking in. So as a mother, it is my job to protect these kids. Now, he doesn't see himself as somebody that is threatening and maybe he's, maybe he's not. However, in my book and in my, you know, the feelings that I have, you know, as a mother, I don't really feel that it is a good idea for him to be around them while he's still using. And that's that. I don't need to, I don't feel that it's anybody else's business or anybody else's say to let, to, to try to convince me that I'm being too harsh. Now, any normal person or any person that, you know, is of any, you know, that has any maturity will realize that, okay, you're not preventing him from seeing his children. You're not keeping his children away. You're, you're putting your, you know, there's stipulations, there's requirements, and you have a right to do that. I have a right to do that. Now, if he can't abide by those, then the only person that's preventing him from seeing his children is himself. It's just that plain and simple. Now, if this was five months ago and I was still in that marriage, still being manipulated, I would have, you know, I would have started questioning myself and backpedaling and wondering, am I doing what's right? Maybe he is right. Maybe I am being too being too rash or maybe I am, you know, maybe he's right. Who am I to, you know, to put these stipulations on him? Who am I to put these boundaries on him? And, uh, you know, I, I was accused of being not only, you know, I, I'm, I'm judging him and I'm laying down the laws on him. You know, and for me at that time, I didn't really realize how ridiculous that sounds it, it's um it's as though somebody is like you know you, you believe that okay that's normal but in a sense it, it 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 that statement alone shows that the you know this person has like this grandiose um perception you know, oh, you're, you're casting, you know, you're, you're, you're putting, they don't like boundaries. They truly don't. And that's why they react that way. They think that they're being victimized. Oh, you're being mean to me because you're not allowing me to do this. This is where you really have to stick to your guns. No matter how no matter how bad things get and no matter how hurt you may get, this is where you really have to exercise your mentality and your emotions. You have to stay strong. You can't fold. 
Now, I'm at that point where once I make a once I've made the decision, there is no going back. I'm not going to look back and and change my decision. Because during these 5 months, I was given the opportunity to rediscover myself. I was given the opportunity to become a much more stronger person that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, and that's exactly why I still do this podcast. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut about what I believe in and, you know, I I'm going to I if possible, I'm going to be an advocate for those who are going through the same thing. Because I know what it's like when you don't have support. I know what it's like to be alone or, you know, maybe you don't want to talk to close friends and family because you're ashamed of what you're going through at this moment. Because you've been so manipulated to the point where it's like you think that you're in the wrong. You think that you're being stupid and you're believing everything that you're being told right now. And I know what it's like to hear a stranger talk about their experience just so you can get that validation. I will be that voice because I... I've had to go on YouTube. I've had to go and listen to podcasts just to get that extra, you know, that extra amount of comfort. Because it's a scary place to be in. And I'm doing this wholeheartedly because I I really believe that it does help because it's helped me. And like I said, I want to be that voice for others and let them know that it is okay. It's going to be okay. And you're not crazy. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. I realize that or this is my take on things. When I go through certain things, I know that I'm going through this because one day I'm going to be able to help someone else get through it. And for those of you that are listening that are already on the ledge of leaving, that starting your new adventure or your new chapter, know that you're going to go and help someone else out as well you're going to be strong not just for yourself not just for your children but you are going to get strong and you are going to be able to make an impact on other men and women that are going through the same thing I wanted to talk about this topic because you know, I really, like I said, I feel that I have not really touched this topic as much as I should. But at the same token, I'm not someone who is, who is completely out of, um, 
you know, out of this narcissistic abuse net. I'm here to tell you that it does continue even after you've left them. They will still try to reinsert themselves. They will still try to get you to play the game. They will still try to do, you know, there, there's all these different terms that I recently learned. There's hoovering or hovering. Um, you know, I, I learned these terms last night. And what hovering or hoovering is, is basically they will do what they can. You know, if they've exhausted their supply elsewhere, they're going to hover over you, hoover over you, and try to suck you back in to play their games. You know, they like to stir the pot and they like to get a reaction because they know that when they get a reaction from you, they know that they're still in control of you and they will get desperate and they will try everything in their power to suck you back in. And another thing that they're going to try is called the smear campaign. So what they do is they try to play victim. They're walking around and they're going to talk to mutual friends of yours. They're going to talk to, you know, anybody who will listen and buy into their story and they will do the whole you know um they will get they will in a sense recruit an army to try and you know and gang up on you they might use you know even your own parents or your own siblings you know, they know how to talk. They're very, you know, they are very charming and manipulative people. But this is where you have to stand your ground. And no matter what happens, you got to stay focused. In my previous episodes, I talked about having goals. And um, talking about, I talked about like, what's the next step? You have to have those in order to stay focused. You, you need to, it's in a sense, I want to picture or I want to um, look at it as this, okay? You're giving yourself a target and if you focus on that target, you're going to keep moving forward no matter how bad, how bad the, the storms are. you're going to keep going. That's how you stay focused. If you don't have a target, then you'll be all over the place. You have to move. If the train's not moving, then, you know, all the scary dinosaurs and all the nightmares are going to start coming to attack you. But if you have something to look forward to, then you have that distraction, and that's the best distraction that you can, can give yourself. That's the most productive Thing that you could do for yourself that's the best thing you could do because you'll move you you have a reason to move you have a direction a sense of direction where to stir your steer your ship as the storms come my um my son's teacher gave me a really good analogy And she had said, the three of you guys will have to be like that scene from Inception where there's a hurricane and all the tornadoes and stuff coming, but they're 
still sitting still at the table and we just have to stay focused. So if you're out, if you're out already and you're being, you're still being manipulated, this is, these are the storms that you have, that you've been trained, that you should be training or should have trained yourself, you know, to, to endure. You know, I I don't see this as a setback. I see this as a chance to, you know, to test and challenge myself. How am I coping with this? What is my reactions? You know, at the end of the night, what I ended up getting was a threat for, you know, a battle, a custody battle threat. But, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of the facts and a lot of the things that have already been done, it it just doesn't seem that, you know, I mean, it's basically just a, it's a threat. It's a way to get a reaction. So I no longer gave a response and I'll just leave it as as is. I don't know where this is going to head. I don't know if there's going to be another storm. All I know is I have to be prepared. And that's what I can suggest for you all. Just be prepared. You know, all I know is what I have control over. And as I was driving home, what kept going through my head over and over, the affirmation I kept saying to myself was, I'm not a warrior, I'm a warrior. It will get better. I'm five months in. I'm five months in. And I'm still enduring storms. But you have to fight for, you have to fight for your sanity. I realize that as I'm dealing with all of this, I'm not dealing with somebody that I just decided to, you know, separate from. That's normal that I could be cordial with and drop the kids off, you know, every other week or, you know, um, a few days out of the week. That's not how it's going to work for me. And for anybody that's in these type of, or in a relationship with these type of people, it doesn't work that way, sadly. How it works is just, you have to, you've got to dodge bullets. You're walking through a gauntlet. But, you know, of course, we, we don't see what we're getting into until we're already there. And there's no use or point in having regrets because you just got to get through it. You know, it's like if you choose a door and you're like, oh, crap, I just chose the door with a gauntlet and I'm already in the middle of the gauntlet. What are you going to do? <laughs> you can't sit in the middle of the gauntlet and say, ah, oh, man, this sucks and just dwell on it. No, you got to get up. You got to get moving and you got to, you know, plan 
you know, it's like whether it's an axe that's going to be thrown at you, you better dodge that. Or if it's a pendulum that's, you know, that's swinging, you better, you know, you better like duck. You better like, you know, do that like little like matrix, you know, Keanu Reeves pose, post, pose, whatever you can do until you can get to the end. You may, it may be a long gauntlet, who knows, but you got to be prepared for that because as you're going through that gauntlet, you know, you got your kids, you're leading your kids through that gauntlet. You can't leave them behind. You can't rely on, or you shouldn't rely on them to go, go ahead. I picture myself going through this gauntlet. You know, I, I, my kids aren't walking it. I have them exactly with me. Like if I, I see that I, in a sense, like I have my kids either both of them piggybacked on me. Or I'm carrying both of them. Or, you know, I shrank them down in my pocket. And I'm holding them, you know, I'm basically holding on to them for dear life as I'm dodging all of these bullets <laughs> or there's no bullets in a gauntlet, but if I'm dodging all of these like little craziness, you know, this contraption, but instead of me, there's times where, yes, I, I do want to sit down, take a break and just break down and cry, but I don't have time for that. I don't know how long this gauntlet's going to be. I don't know how much more of it I have to take, but I'm doing my best. And you know what? I will, if I have to run through some parts of it, then so be it. I'll run through those parts just so I can get through it quicker. If there's a big price that I have to pay, I'll do it. But at the end, what I'm fighting for is to keep the peace of mind that I have and not only maintain the peace of mind that I have, but to enhance it even more, to become a better person, to become a better mom. I can't do that if I go back to what, whatever that was. So that's not even a question or that's not even an option in my book. And no matter who tries to pull me towards that, no, I'm not going back into, I'm not going back into that dungeon. I will bite, scratch, and, you know, kick before that happens. So, this is me as a friend talking to you all and letting you guys know. This is coming from somebody who has finally gotten out of it. There's no sugarcoating. There's no, you know, hiding behind any, this is the real deal for me. This is from me to you guys. I, I can't be any more honest. And this is something that uh, I do feel very strongly about. I know this is a very long segment and, uh, or episode, and I know that this is probably another candid one. But this is the best 
advice I can give you guys at this moment as I am literally going through all of this. I want you guys to know that it is going to be okay. For those who have continued to reach out and share their journey with me, thank you. And I have to say, if you guys know of anybody that can benefit from listening to this podcast, please, you know, spread the word. I'm here to help. And uh, as I always say, we will get through this together. Please share with me any insights or if anybody has, I'm always open to any advice for those who have gone through this, you know, um, I, I know that, uh, there's going to be brighter days. So I will end it here and you guys will probably be hearing from me more. So once again, thanks for listening. I'm your host and friend, here we go lightly, stay strong.